done for Christ will last. I quoted that for a long time. It was only a few years ago I found out that wasn't all of it. And there's another part to that. Uh, there's only one life, and it soon will pass, and only what's done for Christ will last. But at the end of my life, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my light burns out for thee. Uh, amen. And uh, just uh, burning out for the Lord. And I think it's John Wesley, I believe it was Wesley or Whitfield, maybe it's Whitfield, that uh, he was way up in years, and uh, and. Uh, he would preach from the window. A lot of times they'd follow him home to church and they'd holler wanting him to preach and he'd, he would uh, open the window and preach to them. Amen. He was like 90 year old then. And I uh, think the way it went was he lit a candle and told him he'd preach to them as long as that candle burned and, and the candle went out. And uh, if I remember the story right, that, uh, that uh, he went out too that night. Amen. Great man for God, though. He made an impact upon this world. Amen. Uh, not, not very many like him. Amen. All right, let's turn tonight to Mark chapter 6 tonight for a few minutes. Mark's chapter 6. And we're going to read six verses tonight of Mark chapter 6. Mark 6. And we'll read the first six verses of Mark chapter 6. And... Uh, Appreciate the good singing tonight. I said it this morning. I'll say it again that we are greatly blessed here at Bethel. God's given us some wonderful, talented, Amen. willing people that uh, will sing for the Lord. And they sing for the right reason. And that is a blessing that we try not to forget to thank God for. Because I can remember a time when we didn't have anybody uh, to sing. And we didn't have anybody to do anything, really. And uh, so when you've been there and then you come to where we are tonight, uh, you count it blessed. And uh, I wish uh, I wished I could load everybody up on a bus and take them with me some places I'd go. And you say, why? Because you would really appreciate this place. Uh, you would really appreciate this place. All right, in uh, Mark 6 and verse 1, the Bible said, And he, that's Jesus, and he went out from thence and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simeon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folks, and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. Thank you, be seated, our Father. We do thank you, Lord, so much to thank you for, uh, Lord, so many blessings that come down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, no shades of turning. And uh, Lord, we're thankful, Lord, uh, this evening, uh, that Lord, before we ever even got our feet planted really good on the floor this morning, we'd already been loaded with blessings. And I thank you for uh, letting us be a part of the family of God. And, uh, Lord, we ask tonight now that, uh, Lord, these verses about you, 
Lord, that you'd help us to preach them right and preach them in the way that they might help somebody tonight. And uh, Lord, we always pray for that unsaved soul tonight, that one that, Lord, if we could see with heaven's eyes tonight, we could see the blood has never been applied. We'd see the Spirit would be vacant within, Lord, their soul and their heart because they've never been saved. And it's our earnest desire and our prayer to God uh, continually, Lord, that lost people might be saved before it's everlastingly too late. And uh, Father, forgive us for not praying enough, not weeping enough, not witnessing enough, not caring enough. But Lord, I'm glad that when we could say no man cared for a soul, that Lord, you did and you proved it upon the cross of Calvary and your love was manifested there. Lord, please bless tonight uh, the preaching of the Word of God. And I pray the Lord would be honored tonight. And uh, I pray the Lord would be pleased tonight with what's went on here and what's going to go on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. In Mark's uh, Gospel, uh, Jesus has begun His earthly ministry here after His baptism. And uh, everywhere in Mark's Gospel, everywhere that He showed up over to where we are tonight in our Bible, everywhere that He showed up, we could almost say that He has showed out. Uh, now I say that, uh, I say that knowing that the Lord, uh, He would never be one to show out in the sense that we think about showing out. Uh, I know the Bible said that he humbled himself, made of himself no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. And uh, so I know the Lord was very humble, and uh, I know the Lord wants us to be very humble. Uh, in 1 Peter 5 and 5, uh, Peter wrote there, and he said, you younger submit to the elders, you elders submit yourself one to another, be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. Amen. And uh, so God, we know there's things that God likes in our life as his children. God likes humbleness, God likes cleanness, God likes honesty, uh, God likes love, and that's a whole sermon in itself. So uh, when I don't say, when I say the Lord showed up, and he showed out, uh, I just mean in what he did. Uh, for instance, in, uh, after his baptism in chapter 1 of Mark, uh, the Lord uh, went by the sea there called uh, Andrew and, and uh, Simon and Andrew to follow him. And then uh, down there the Lord, uh, he went to Capernaum to the uh, synagogue on the Sabbath day and he taught them there. And the Bible said they were astonished at him at uh, that how he taught and his doctrine and, and his doctrine wasn't the same as the Pharisees and the scribes. And they left there and Peter was impressed and uh, Simon Peter lived there in that region and Simon Peter asked the Lord if he would go with him over to his house because uh, it looks like his mother-in-law lived with him and uh, he went over there and, uh, and Peter's wife's mother was sick and the Lord went in there, and the Bible said that uh, the Lord uh, just uh, laid His hand on her there and spoke to her, and the fever left, and, and, uh, and she began to minister to them. Uh, she was sick when they got there, but before she left, they were ministering to, to them. And then after that, He left, and, 
the Bible said uh, there, verse 32 through verse 34, the Bible said they brought unto him uh, at evening, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And in verse 34, the Bible said he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak. I'm glad the Lord can tell the devil when to hush. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and then the Lord goes on a preaching tour, and they get over there in Mark 2. The Lord is uh, preaching the Word, and He's doing such a job that the Bible said they were gathered together. They were nigh to the door, the press. You couldn't even get into the house where they were meeting. And uh, the Lord uh, just showed up, and He showed out. And uh, then we get over there in chapter 3, and the Lord goes down to the synagogue. There's a man there with a withered hand. And uh, the, Lord, uh, the Lord healed him uh, of that withered hand. And again, the Lord showed up, and the Lord uh, showed out. And then we, we get over there on through to the parables the Lord taught. And then he uh, went with the disciples, and they got in a storm. And the Lord was asleep in the ship, and they woke him up. And the Lord woke up, and He showed up, and He showed out. He, he commanded the sea and everything to just be still. And He left there, and He went over to the country of the Gadarenes. And there was a man there that lived in the tombs and had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Just a wild man and uh, full of the devil, had a legion of devils living in him. And the Lord goes over there. And the Lord shows up there in the Gadarenes, and the Lord shows out, and when He leaves, that man is sitting and clothed, and it is white mind, the Bible said. But then we come to chapter 6, and the Lord goes back to His hometown. Chapter 6, it said that He went from thence and came into His own country, and His disciples followed Him there. Now, the Lord has showed up in all these places, and everywhere the Lord went, He showed, he showed up and He showed out. Amen. But He gets here to His own country, the country of the Gadarenes, and the Lord showed up, but He couldn't do much, it seemed like. The Bible said in verse 5 that He could do just to lay His hand upon a few sick folks and heal them, and that's about all the Lord could do there. And uh, you say, well... Uh, what happened there? Well, that's what I want to preach to you about tonight. I want to preach on when Jesus showed up, but not out. When Jesus showed up, but not out. I believe that about every time you go to a Bible-believing church that teaches salvation, I believe the Lord shows up. Amen. Amen. I believe the Lord's there. Uh, like I said this morning, it bears repeating about the teacher that uh, held up an apple and told her class, said, if somebody can tell me where God come from, you can tell me what place God come from, said, I'll give you this apple. And a little boy raised his hand real quick, and he said, teacher, if you can tell me any place God ain't, I'll give you a whole bushel. Amen. God's everywhere. Uh, amen. God is everywhere. We can't go anywhere that God's not there. Uh, and the Lord's here tonight. The Lord's here this morning. The Lord will be here Wednesday night. The Lord, uh, He's always here. The Lord always shows up. We're two or three gathered together. The Lord said He'll show up and He'll be in the midst. Amen. But it's strange here that the Lord's done all this for five chapters and He gets over here in chapter 6. And I believe this is where most churches are tonight. 
uh, the Lord shows up, but there ain't much of the Lord showing out in most churches uh, nowadays. And why is that? Well, I think this chapter here will help us to understand why that is. Uh, the Bible said he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him, the Bible said. And it said he went out from hence and came into his own country. Now you'll notice there's nobody there to greet him. Uh, you'll notice there's nobody there to meet him. And uh, did you know Jesus likes to feel welcome too? Amen. Don't you like to feel welcome? Don't you like to go to somebody's house and them act like they're glad to see you where they are or not? Uh, you knock on the door and they say, you want a glass of tea or don't you want some a hot cup of coffee? Don't Would you come in and sit down? Could I fix you something to eat? I, I mean, you like to go to places like that. Jesus is no different than us in that respect. Uh, Jesus likes to go places where that people are glad to see Him. And the Bible said He came there, but it seems like from the way they reacted, there was no appreciation of His presence being there. I tell you, I've lived down long enough now, and I always have, but I ain't never appreciated any more the presence of God than I am now. I like to go to church, and if I can't sense the presence of God, I'm ready to go home, amen? Uh, I mean, I come there for God's presence. Uh, come there to meet with the Lord. And uh, the Bible says that nobody came to greet Him. Nobody act like they was glad the Lord showed up. I've, I've seen the Lord show up here. Nobody act like they was glad He was there. Uh, I've seen the Lord's presence show up. And, and, uh, and nobody, you know, recognize the Lord's there. If you got any God in you and never had any God on you, you ought to know when the Lord shows up. Amen. I, and uh, you ought to let him know you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome, Lord. We're glad you're here. Thank God. Stay with us. Don't leave. Amen. We, we see the difference here. A couple of places in the Bible. Uh, in Matthew chapter 15, uh, we have this story about this Syrophoenician woman. And I want you to notice uh, verse 21. I want you to notice the wording of it. You know, the Bible's just words. And. That's why it's so important that we understand every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man don't live by bread alone, but by every word. There's not any unimportant words in your Bible. That's why it makes me nervous when they go to messing with it and taking this and out and putting this and in and saying you don't need it and a better this and a better that. Uh, uh, I believe that God give us the best when He give us this old King James Bible. And I believe everything we need's in there. Amen. I, I don't believe we need to mess with it or take anything out of it. And notice what it said here in verse 21. The Bible said, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Zidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of that same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. In other words, here's a woman glad to see Jesus, amen. Here's a woman glad to see the actual person of Jesus, but glad to see the presence of the Lord Jesus, amen. Now, you say, what happened? Well, uh, she asked the Lord for mercy. That's a good thing to ask the Lord for. Uh, you can't ask the Lord for nothing no better than mercy, amen. And she said, Lord, 
thou son of David, my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. You know why she was glad to see Jesus show up? She had a daughter that was full of the devil, vexed with the devil. And the Bible said he answered her not a word. Sometimes the Lord don't answer you when you ask him because he won't see how serious you are about it. And uh, she got she was serious about it. The Bible said that his disciples came besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, Am not am I not sent unto the unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel? And then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Amen. Here was somebody glad to see the Lord show up. You say, why? They needed some help. And it seemed like we've lived down to such a self-sufficient time that most people don't need any help in our kind of day. You say, what are you gauging that on? Altar calls, prayer requests, uh, uh, all those different things. Amen. The Bible said the Laodicean church was a church that said we have need of nothing. Amen. Uh, But Jesus said you're blind, wretched, miserable. He said you don't really know how much need you do have. Amen. This woman came and she said, Lord, help me. I'm glad that when you ask the Lord for help from a sincere heart, He'll never turn you down. Amen. When you come like this woman come, He'll never turn you away without giving you some help. And the Bible said he answered and said, It's not meat to give the children's bread and cast it to dogs. You say the Lord called this woman a dog? Uh, uh, That's what the Bible says. Uh, uh, She was a Syrophoenician woman. It's an old Gentile dog like you and I are. That's what we are, Gentile dogs. That's what Ruth was. a Gentile dog, but I was reading the book of Ruth one time, uh, and boy, the Lord blessed my heart. I thought, Lord, uh, Ruth ain't nothing but an old Gentile dog, uh, and the Lord said, that's what you are, an old Gentile dog, uh, uh, but a dog can have a real good life if it gets the right master, amen. Uh, uh, thank God, I'm telling you, I've looked at some dogs, they had the life of Riley, I, I, I wish for a minute I was that dog, amen. Uh, uh, you know why? They had a good master that loved them and cared for them and uh, seen to them, amen. Uh, and so the Lord, he, even though he does that, he's really trying to see how serious this woman really is. Uh, and he first says, I'm not even sent to you, I'm sent to Israel. Uh, that didn't turn her away. Uh, you know why some people never get their prayers answered? They give up too quick, Amen. The Lord might be testing you a little bit uh, for good. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says, she said, Truth, Lord, I I like this woman. Amen. I I like her why she can't be discouraged. uh, most of God's people can uh, get so discouraged so quickly, amen. Uh, uh, but she won't get discouraged. Uh, and then she realizes, Lord, you speak the truth. Truth, Lord, uh, is what she said. But she said, yet the dogs eat uh, of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Uh, boy, Jesus liked that. Uh, every now and then you can say something, and really he'd probably give it to you anyway if he likes it. Uh, and he probably give this woman the wisdom to see that. And the Bible said, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be unto thee even 
as thy will and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Jesus not only showed up, he showed out. He didn't even go to her house. Uh, uh, he just spoke the word. Amen. Uh, did you know the Lord? All he's got to do is speak the word. Uh, and he's already spoke the word. Uh, and you're holding the word. And you can read the word. And you can believe the word. And you can claim the word. Amen. He don't, everybody's sitting around waiting for the Lord to say something. He doesn't set a whole book full. He just wants you to believe something he's already said. Amen. The Lord, he showed out there. You remember the two sisters of Lazarus? I'm sure you do. Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. Mary liked to sit at Jesus' feet. And Martha was always clumbered out a lot of things. You know, Jesus went there one day. He always went there when he went to Bethany. He always went to their house. Uh, you say, why? They made him feel welcome. They fixed him a meal. Amen. Hey, some churches, every time you go there, you can just sense the presence of God. You say, why? They make him feel welcome. They let him know, we appreciate your presence here, Lord. Uh, we're glad you showed up, Lord. Uh, Pleasant View Baptist was like that for me. I, uh, every time you went up there, I, I, you'd feel the presence of God. Amen. I, I believe that was because Jesus liked to go there too. I, I, we wasn't the only ones liked to go there. Jesus liked to go there too. Amen. I, you say why? They made him feel welcome when he showed up. Amen. And so Martha, uh, Jesus dropped by uh, Martha's house and looked like Martha owned the house. Uh, and uh, Mary and her brother lived with her. And uh, she went in there. And the Lord, uh, uh, she said, Lord, I'm going to fix you something to eat. Amen. And she fixed the Lord a meal there. And she's worried about the house. And got guests there. And uh, is everything clean? Is everything the way it needs to be? Like any good wife is when they got company coming. Uh, and she's worried about all of that. Uh, and Mary, all she's doing is sitting at Jesus' feet uh, and listening to Him teach the Word of God. Uh, and Martha, she got upset at her sister and she went to her and she said, Lord, uh, uh, you need to say something to her. Uh, and Jesus said, Martha, Martha. She chose that good part. She was really glad to see me. She quit what she was doing uh, and just sat down at my feet. Amen. I like what Sid, Sid Lowe Baxter said. Somebody asked the great preacher. They said, who do you like the most, Martha or Mary? Uh, he said, well, if I'm going to church, I like Mary. If it's supper time, I like Martha. Amen. I, and uh, so I'm glad. Listen, it takes a Mary and it takes a Martha. Uh, but they were always glad to see the Lord. Amen. Uh, uh, they were always glad when they felt the presence of God. Amen. Boy, I'm always glad when we have singing and the presence of God shows up or we have preaching the presence of God shows up. We get in the prayer room the presence of God shows up. I'm always happy, amen, to let Jesus know. But we need to, we need to show the Lord we appreciate uh, His presence, amen. Well, you know, Martha and uh, Mary, their brother died, Lazarus. And uh, they sent for Jesus. They said, Jesus, you're... Friend whom you love, he's sick. Jesus waited. You know, that's a great song there about four days late. Jesus waited uh, on purpose, on purpose. Whenever Jesus delays, it's always for a purpose. Amen. 
And I found out that a lot of times when I thought God was off time, He was right on time. Amen. And that's just the way the Lord works. And so you get there in chapter 11, get down there about verse 20, and the Bible said, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, I she went out to meet him, amen. She's glad to see him coming. She's running down the road to meet him, amen. I, I, I tell you, a lot of people, they wait till they get to church to meet Jesus. I, I, but it'd be a good thing to meet him in the car, to meet him in the kitchen, to meet him at the breakfast table, I, and to run down the road to meet him before you even get down to the church house, amen. I, I, you say, well, she's a little bit upset with him. Uh, not yet, I think. I don't think she's all that upset. She run to him and she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus, in so many words, said, that's why I wasn't here. I want to show you I'm the resurrection and the life. Amen. I, and uh, he raised him up from the dead. Now, wouldn't you call that showing out? I, uh, if you go down to the graveyard and a man's been dead so long, he's already stinking. He's been dead four days. Uh, and Jesus said, roll the stone away. I ain't going to do it all for you. That's what we want. We want Jesus to do it all. Uh, uh, we just want to sit back with our arms folded and say, Jesus, bless me. Uh, do something for me. Let somebody shout. Let somebody go to the altar. Do something, Lord. Uh, uh, there's some things Jesus will not do. Uh, and He will not do some things uh, uh, that He wants to do until you do the thing you spoke to do. Amen. Uh, and they rolled the stone away and Jesus showed up there in the cemetery and Jesus showed out. He said, Lazarus come forth. And after he had prayed he said, Father I know you always hear me. Amen. He said, Lazarus come forth. The old country preachers for years they said, he said, Lazarus, come forth, because if he had only said, come forth, the whole graveyard would have got up. Amen. Amen. And I believe that's the truth. Yeah. I believe that's the truth. And so Lazarus come forth, bound hand and foot, he says, uh, and the Lord said, loose him uh, and let him go. There's been a lot of people that have been come brought forth out of the grave of sin, uh, uh, but they're still bound in their grave clothes. Uh, uh, did you notice that it wasn't Jesus that took the grave clothes off of him? Uh, uh, he told those others there, Martha and Mary and whoever else was there, he said, help him get the grave clothes off of him. Uh, uh, you know what a New Testament Bible church, believing church is? Uh, it's a place where there ought to be people helping to get the grave clothes off of them uh, that's got saved. Uh, uh, so they worship the Lord. And so there was Mary and Martha. Amen. And then look in Matthew 21 5. Matthew 21 and 5. Them daughters of Zion. It's a, it's a, it's a scripture taken out of the book of Zechariah. And Jesus is fulfilling it here. And the Bible said, uh, you remember, uh, the Lord sent His two disciples and said to them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ash tied and a colt with her, Loose them and bring them to me. Now the Lord spoke to a fish and told it to vomit out Jonah upon dry ground. The Lord uh, spoke to a rooster and told him to crow to warn a backslidden preacher. 
Don't you think the Lord could have said, Hey, little donkey, come here to me. But He didn't do that. You know why He didn't do that? Because He wanted to involve others. Amen. The Lord wants to involve you in the work of God. He doesn't need you, but He wants to involve you in the work of God so that He can bless you and so you can get a bless in the work of God. Amen. And the Bible said that He starts in, they go get that little donkey, and the Bible said in verse 5, He said, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto the meek, and sitting upon an ass, and, the, and a colt, the fowl of an ass, and the disciple went and did as Jesus commanded. And they brought the ass and the colt. They put their, their clothes and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the tree and they strewed them in the way. You know what they're doing? Uh, they're saying, Jesus, we're welcome. We're glad to see you. Uh, uh, we're welcome to see you. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, that ain't going on here in chapter 6. Nobody comes out to him. Nobody says anything to him. They just simply do not appreciate the presence of God. Amen. I wouldn't give you a plug nickel to go to anybody's church and listen to anybody preach and hear anybody sing if the presence of Jesus wasn't there. Amen. But I've been to some of the smallest places and Jesus showed up, and it made all the difference. Amen. The Bible said that he went out from hence and came into his own country, but nobody was there to greet him. I wonder if anybody greets him at Bethel when he shows up. I wonder if anybody said, Lord, we're glad you're here, Lord. Please don't leave. Stay around this place, Lord. Hang around here. We're glad you're here. Amen. You say, what makes him stay around? Oh, you get to worshiping, bragging on him. Tell him you need him. And get to huddling in around the altar and saying, Lord, I need some help. I need you to do something. Lord, I hang around a place like that. Amen. Amen. Look here in verse 2. And the Bible said, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach. He began to teach. Now, unlike when he went to Capernaum, nobody's breaking the door down. Nobody's having to let anybody down through the roof. Nobody's uh, standing outside so that people can't get in. It's all a different thing here. And I believe the reason the Lord showed up here, but the Lord never showed out here, is because they didn't appreciate His presence. And not only did they not appreciate His presence, but they had no appetite for His teaching. Amen. No appetite for His teaching. Nobody, nobody gets in there by the groves and, and they, don't, they don't care anything about it. Amen. You say, Brother Rick, why did they not have any appetite for his teaching? Well, I don't know. I know, why, I know why people sometimes don't have an appetite in this world physically. Amen. I know why that is. You say, why? Well, we can get a picture of it looking in the Bible here tonight. Look over in Mark 5. Mark 5. You're right there at it. Mark 5, and look there. Uh, when Jesus went down to Jairus' daughter's house, there in verse number, uh, all about verse number 36 is where it starts. 
And uh, you know, Jesus has started to Jairus' house and, and he gets interrupted by that woman that has an issue of blood. And Jairus' daughter's at the point of death and I know it had to worry Jairus to death when Jesus stopped to help somebody else along the way. Uh, and the Bible said they left and here come this servant of Jairus's up there and they said, no use bothering Jesus no more. No use troubling the master. She's already dead. Jesus told Jairus, he said, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. You know, a lot of things that happen in our life, they just happen to see whether they're going to believe God or not. Amen. They're, they're just a, a test by the Lord. Now the Lord doesn't tempt us to sin. The Bible said, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, because God don't tempt any man to, to evil. But he said, every man's tempted of his own lust. I, and all of that business there, God never tempts a man to evil, but God does test his people. And when he told Abraham, 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 take thy son, thy only son, and take him up on Mount Moriah and offer him there for a sacrifice. God wasn't tempting Abraham for evil. God was tempting him for good. He's going to show him something real good out of that. And Abraham, who is the father of faith, of course he believed God about all this. He believed God. So they go down here and the Lord uh, suffers no man to follow him save Peter, James, John, and the brother of James. Wonder what kind of service we could have if we had Brother David stand back there at the door and say, David, ask everybody that comes up to the door if they're going to be glad to see Jesus today. And if they have a need today, ask everybody that comes up if they're going to appreciate the presence of God. If they've got a hunger for the Word of God. If they say, yeah, let them in. But if they're not interested in the things of God, don't let them come in. You say, Why? Jesus only let those come in that believed in Him, amen. Now, in this particular situation, you say why He's going to do a mighty miracle and He don't need a bunch of unbelievers in there uh, uh, messing things up, amen. You know why Sunday night's always better than Sunday morning service? Always. If, if I had the opportunity and I took a church and they said, Preacher, we've already got a preacher here, uh, and both of you are equal and everything, but you can have the morning service or the evening service. Uh, which one do you want? I'd say give me the evening service. You say why? The evening service is always better. You say why? you got people that want to be here. If you didn't want to be here, you wouldn't be here on a Sunday evening at five minutes till seven. And on Sunday morning, you got all kinds of people that really don't want to be here, but they want to stay married. You got all kinds of people that don't want to be here, but their mom and daddy said, You go or you don't get the car this evening. You got a whole lot of people that's here, but they really don't want to be here. And you can always have the best service when you got the most people that want to be there and believe in Jesus. Amen. And the Bible said, the Lord said, all them unbelievers, just tell them to, to go outside there. So I turn to your Bible, verse uh, uh, 37, and he suffered no man to follow him save Peter and James and John, the brother of James, he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seeth the turmoil, and them that wept. 
and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said to them, Why make ye this ado and weep? Oh, what a picture of us. Amen. Uh, I mean, we make this ado and we get all bent out of shape and all tore up over things uh, uh, that we think Jesus can't do nothing about. There ain't nothing Jesus can't do nothing about. Amen. Uh, and Jesus comes in there and the Bible said, He said, Why are you making all this ado? The, de- the damsel's not dead. She's just asleep. You say, but she was dead, not to Jesus. Because he knew what he was fixing to do. Amen. And they laughed him to scorn. And when he had put them all out, he took up the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Tala Kumani, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Jesus showed up and Jesus showed out. You say, why? Because the Bible said, And straightway the damsel rose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, watch it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Why didn't he give her something to eat? When he first got there, dead people don't have no appetite. That's why you got all these dead Baptist churches. They don't have any appetite for the Word of God. Amen. They don't have any appetite for the food that Jesus has to offer. And the Bible says that He said, Give her something to eat. You've never seen a dead person at the funeral home on the side of the road in the hospital. I've never seen one in my in my 60, soon be seven years of living. I've never seen one of them say, give me something to eat. You say, why? They ain't got no appetite. But when she got awakened, the Lord said, somebody better give her something to eat. You say, why did he say that? He knew she was hungry. He knew she was hungry, amen. Now, you may not devour the Word of God chapter after chapter and book after book. It'd be good if you do. You may not be like Job who said, I'd rather have uh, God's Word than my eggs and bacon. And the Bible says Job, uh, he esteemed the Word of God better than his necessary food is the way the Bible says it. You may not be like that, but if you've got any life in you at all, you ought to get hungry for the Word of God. Amen. You ought to get hungry for the Word of God. Why you take a young convert, just get saved. You take a baby. We just had a, uh, what is it, great-grandbaby. I've got so many now, I can't keep them all great and grand. All that, you know. But when them babies are born, they get life in them. They want, they want some milk, amen. And I'll tell you, if you get saved, uh, you may not know all the Bible. Of course, you wouldn't more than likely. Uh, you wouldn't do all that. You wouldn't know the great doctrines of the Bible. But you know what? You'd want to suck around on the Word of God and get some of that milk out of the Word. And you know what's good about milk? It's good with everything, amen. 
It's good with cake. It's good with cornbread. Uh, uh, it's good. You can't name anything that milk ain't good with. Uh, you may be saved a hundred years, uh, but you'll never get to the place you don't still need the milk of God's Word. You know something else about milk? Anybody can swallow milk. You can throw out some big theological steak that half the congregation will choke on because they don't even know what you're talking about. But anybody can swallow a good cold glass of milk. Amen. The Lord said give her something to eat. People that are dead, they don't have no appetite. Let me show you somebody else don't have no appetite. Look in 1 Kings 19 verses 1. The Bible said, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and he'd done plenty. And withal, how he had slain all the prophets with a sword, 850 of them. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, Let the gods, little capital G there, let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Bathsheba and belonged to Judah. And he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am now ready. I am not better than my father's. No, nobody said you were, Elijah. Uh, nobody's any better than anybody else. Uh, and he said, Lord, let me die. Aren't you glad God don't answer all your prayers the way you pray them? There probably ain't nobody here that when you was about 13 or 10 or 11 in there that your mom and daddy whipped you or got on you about something and you went out in the woodshed or out to the barn or out in the tall weeds and you said, God, I wish I could just die. That'd show them. Aren't you glad God didn't let you die? Amen. And so Elijah, he's depressed. You know when people are depressed, they don't eat much. They don't want much to eat. We've got so many depressed people in our society, so many that are on antidepressants and all these different things, and so many taking all these kind of pills, and a whole lot of them, I ain't saying all of them, but a whole lot of them, the only pill they need is the gospel. And they would take care of it. Amen. Elijah's all depressed. Well, I'm glad God put that in there. You say, why? Because I've got depressed. That makes me feel good to know a man with the stature of Elijah gets depressed. I'm glad God put that in there, that he's touched by the feelings of my infirmities. Amen. I'm glad that God put that in there. But the Bible said the angel came. And you know what the angel said? When a person gets depressed, they do everything that Elijah did. And everything he did was wrong. You say, what did he do? He tried to run away from his problem. What did he do? He refused to eat. What did he do? He got away from everybody and got all by himself. Every depressed person I ever talked to, they, I said, you ought to come to church. I said, I just don't want to be around nobody. But that's what they need more than anything, the right bodies. Amen. You know, some people make you more depressed than you already are. Amen. It's like the police officers that pulled a 
pulled up to a bridge, and the guy's standing out there, this Golden Gate Bridge, and he's fixing to jump off, and the policeman said, Sir, don't jump. Please don't jump. It can't be that bad. He said, Come and sit in my car for a few minutes. And he come and got in the car, and about ten minutes, they both got out and jumped. Sometimes it is that bad, amen. But I found this out to be true in life 99.9% of the time. It's never as bad as you think it is. There's a few times it is, but most of the time it ain't. I mean, I've been having church, preachers, uh, church members call me for 40 years. And very few times was it really a crisis. Hardly any time was it as bad as they made it out to be. Hardly any time. A few times it was, but that's the, that's the few. That's not the normal. And Elijah goes out there and he gets by himself. He gets all alone. He don't want to be around nobody. And then he said, he don't want nothing to eat. The worst thing you could possibly do in your life if you're depressed is to get away from everybody else and quit eating. Your nerves are already shot. And not eating ain't going to help none. You say, well, how do you know you're right? Because the angel agrees with me. I'm agreeing with the angel. The angel came and the Bible said the angel touched him and said, Get up and eat! Get up and eat. And then he told him, Get away from here. Go somewhere. Go on the mountain. And he went. But Elijah didn't eat people. We got so many depressed people in Baptist churches today. They don't want nothing to eat. So many dead people in Baptist churches today. They have no appetite. Doesn't matter how anointing the preaching is. Billy Graham could be here tonight. Jesus himself could be here preaching tonight. And you wouldn't get a holy grunt out of anybody. No appetite for the Word of God. And then, you see, you've got to have a desire for something else. The Bible said in Matthew 4, verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Physically, you may want Cracker Barrel. Physically, you may want KFC. Physically, you may want to go to the steakhouse, and that's normal. But spiritually, you ought to want the Word of God when it comes feeding time. Amen. I'll tell you something else here. Let me just tack this on there. You remember in John, sometimes people ain't hungry because they don't like what Jesus puts out there. You remember when you was a little kid and your mother would come in there and she'd set spinach out there or fried okra out there or something that looked yucky out there and you'd say, Mama, I don't like this. She said, well, you need to eat it. It's good for you. Make you grow. I don't want to grow. But you need to eat it. Mama knows, Mama knows what's good for you, amen. And Mama says you've got to eat all your vegetables before you eat your cake. But a lot of people, church people, they're, they're like them little kids. They just want cake all the time. They want, they want the cookies all the time. They want their hand in the candy jar all the time. They want sweets all the time. 
and they don't want they don't want the sauerkraut preaching. I was preaching up in Indiana one night, and I was preaching along the line of of, of women have not taught their kids nothing. And I said, some of you got girls that are 16 years old, 15 years old. I said, they, they can't cook, they don't know how to cook a bowl of pinto beans. I said, they don't know how to make a pan of cornbread. I, I, they don't know how to fix eggs. I, I thank God that God give me a cook. Amen. Amen. Uh, amen. I'm glad for all that. But I was preaching hard and there's a lady sitting on the second row and the longer I preached, the redder her face got. I knew right then her daughter couldn't boil water. And she come out that night and she said, Preacher, you need somebody to tell you a thing or two. I said, Yes, ma'am, I'm sure I do. And she said, What's your address? So 1721 Roseville Road, you need something to write with? She said, I'm going to send you a letter. I'm still waiting. It ain't never come. And I was back up there about five or six years after that, and she showed up again. Her daughter still couldn't cook. Amen. Listen. Jesus told him in John 6, Jesus said, except you eat my eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have any part in me. They didn't like that dish. The Bible said they got upset and it said many turned away and they wouldn't walk no more with him because they didn't like that. Just like people, you know, in church, they come to hear you one time and don't never go to hear somebody just one time unless it's a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness. Amen. But give the fellow at least two or three shots at it, amen. Everybody has an off day. But they give, they left. They wouldn't give Jesus another chance at it. And Jesus said, Peter, you're going to go away too. And he said, where can I go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. You've got what I need. Nowhere else to go. Amen. You see... They didn't have no appetite because they had a desire for something else. They had a desire for something else. They're not worried about John 3.16. They got a Big Mac on their mind. They're not worried about how to be saved. They're worried about if they're going to have to wait 10 minutes at Cracker Barrel. They're desiring something else, something else. And then I'll tell you this. I'll tell you somebody else that don't want nothing to eat is somebody that's already full. That's the trouble of the world today. It's already full. It's full of social media. It's full of, it's full of hours of social media, hours of TV, hours of telephone. They're already full when they get here. There's no room for Jesus. You say, you got any Bible on that? Yes, I'm glad you asked. And Luke 1 and verse 53, he said, He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich or the full he sent away empty. So said, Preacher, I didn't get nothing out of your preaching. That's because you're so full I couldn't get nothing in you. Amen. 
You come to church hungry. When you're hungry, anything's good. Amen. Amen. I mean, I went to Jamaica on two trips. And uh, my first breakfast meal was a fish with the eye still in it looking at me. And I reached to get a piece of bread and I hit the loaf and a, and a roach run out and under the loaf of bread. You say, what'd you eat that morning? Not much. Not much, but I'll tell you after 11 days of being over there, that's some of the best eating I ever eat, amen? And you go hear a preacher and if you're already full, you'll say, he can't preach. Uh, uh, he ought to give it up, amen? You're already full, but if you're empty and you're hungry, it don't matter who's preaching, you'll be saying that's some of the best food I've ever eaten in my life. Amen. They had no appetite. They desired something else. Jesus showed up, but he didn't show out here. They didn't appreciate his presence. They had no appetite for his teaching. And then the Bible said in verse 6, He marveled because of their unbelief. Boy, here's a clincher right here. They had no anticipation of Him performing or doing anything. You say, what do you mean? Well, there were two things that caused Jesus to marvel. Two things caused God to marvel. One of them was faith. And the other was unbelief. One of them, the Lord couldn't believe how much they believed. And the other one, He couldn't believe how much unbelief they had. You see, they didn't come expecting Jesus to do anything. That's the problem with our church and churches is that we come and we're not really expecting Jesus to do anything. We're more worried about getting out at 12 than we are getting in at 11.30, amen. Sometimes you've got to wait on the Lord, amen. God don't always move at 5 minutes till 12. Amen. You've got to wait on the Lord. What if you had a gauge on your heart tonight, like your gas gauge in your car? What would your gauge read tonight when it comes to faith? What would your gauge read? Would it be on E? Would it be running on E? Most people keep going when it gets on E. I've heard people say they're running on fumes. Amen. I, I've done that a few times myself. When that little man comes on the dash with a gas can running, I know it's time to pull over, amen. But empty. The Bible said in verse 5, He could there do no mighty works. See why? They didn't have any faith that He was going to do anything. Did you come this morning thinking we're going to have two or three saved today? Did you come this morning thinking God's going to move in? God's going to bless today. See, most people didn't. Most people come and they said, here's the way it's going to go this morning. We're going to say pledge to the flags and our Bible and the kids are going to take up money. We're going to dismiss and go to Sunday school and then we're going to get in church about 11. They're going to sing till 11.30 and the preacher's going to get up. He's going to preach to about 12.45. 
Uh, he's going to preach to about uh, 15 after 12 or 12.30. And we know everything, that's what we're anticipating, is going to happen. That's why the Lord shows up. He's here. Yes. Amen. But He don't show out. Amen. Too many on empty. You say, well, mine ain't on empty. Okay, maybe yours is on barely get by. I've got enough to make it to the next Sunday. And I'll get a little more. Maybe I can't make it next Sunday. I'll make it to Wednesday night. And I'll get a little more. I ain't going to get a full tank. Because that costs too much. It's going to get enough to go just a little bit longer. The Bible said in verse 5, He laid His hands on a few sick people. You say, why? They had no anticipation of Him doing anything. He showed up, but He couldn't show out. Or maybe, maybe every now and then we, we've had some good services. Emma likes that service where it got on one night. She was on the platform, and it got on me, and I got swinging my coat around. We got to having a time that night. And she said, I could lay in bed. I could still feel the wind off of that coming around. I like it on that fashion. You say, what happened that night? Jesus showed up and he showed out. You say, why? The gauges were on full that night. They were expecting him to do something. And he did, amen. You see, the Bible said in Acts 6 and 8, Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders and he was a man, a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and faith. And much people were added unto the Lord. Oh, Stephen, he anticipated the Lord showing up and the Lord showing out and the Lord doing something. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you tonight, Lord, for the